This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Hello, everybody. How are you? This is going to be so fun. I can't wait for Matt to come on. He's here. Oh, my gosh. It's Matt. Hi, honey. How are you? Good to see you. Oh, this is so exciting, everyone. So, you know, we were on, we were off. I thought I wasn't recording. I was recording. I normally do this, just audio. And so this is a whole new thing for me to be able to see someone and for you to be able to see me. This is what I look like. Yo, Matt, is that really you or is that a fake background? Like there's like a skeleton in the background. This is actually a cardboard cutout that I'm just speaking through, but I figured it's close enough for what we're doing today. So are you ready for this? I, this Do is this. like opposite day. Do you ever hear of opposite day? <laughs> yeah. So you're going to get a little taste of your own medicine, girl. Woo-hoo! By the way, for the first time in X amount of years, Somebody said to me the other day, when I asked them a question that I thought it was really pertained to the subject, well, you know, you really caught me off guard here. You put me on the spot. And I was like, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't know what to do because no one's ever said that to me. And it was like relevant to the subject. The good news is I got her back on track. The bad news is she didn't answer the question. <laughs> she dodged and, it, huh? You know, so, you know, it could be. I may not answer the question, but anyhow, this is so exciting. My 100th episode. Let's keep believe it. Matt is going to, I've told you there's a big surprise. So Matt is going to interview me. This is going to be unedited. So whatever you say or do, it's going to be the first time Megan's not going to edit it. None. The dog barks. Did you see my new kitties? I got two new kitties. I did. They're like four weeks old. It's crazy. So much fun. Talk about bringing joy. But I'm going to tell you about Matt, and then we're going to do the switcheroo, and Matt is going to interview me. Okay. Matthew Labasco is a licensed, conscious, transformation trainer, energy practitioner, and movement therapist. You think I would know this by heart. I have him on <laughs> He works with individuals all over the world through his private practice classes and workshops. Matthew has studied with some of the most revolutionary and progressive health professionals in the fields of psychology, meditation, physical rehabilitation, and nutritional science. You're going to see how much I use my hands, by the way. His multidiscipline approach has empowered individuals from all over the world to access a life of health and vitality they didn't realize was possible, which I'm all about. You don't know your true power. Matt? Take it away. Oh, boy. Oh, Stop excited. All I have to Here do is go. <laughs> and drink my tea. Hey, by the yeah. way, you notice I look a little different today than our Zoom calls. Like I have my makeup on. You know. Me too, man. I like did the whole makeup thing and did you I'm ready. Did you put bronzer on? Absolutely. All the things. Okay. I'm ready. By the way, they had no idea this was coming. We said we had a surprise. So now they're going to get to find out about me. Awesome. Well, Nobody, you know me well. I mean, my family. I do. Me. Yeah. He yeah. knows my deep, dark secrets. 
Should we start? Should we start with those? Yeah. <laughs> Let's ease them into it. All right. All right. All right. I'm really right. a well, star. Woo! I was going to say that till the end, but okay, okay. we can start there. Right. No. I wish. All right, go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the, 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 honestly, what, what I think would be fun to start with and, and start to, you know, dive into a little bit here. And I know you, you talked about it a little bit in your book, um, but just kind of like your journey and where it started and, and what brought you to do the things that, that you're doing and what shaped kind of the, the beliefs you have and what motivate you and drives you and all the things that you believe today that have you doing the things that you do like what was it about your life experiences growing up and you know the experiences you've had that have made you so passionate and drive you to the things that you're up to today that's like a five-hour podcast dude <laughs> i gotta go get some wine <laughs> you know what's really funny i'm sitting here and on my desk, I always refer to these guys. No one can see them. Oh my God, There's... my wife has the same one. Really? With a puppy, though. With a puppy. There's... But there's five of them. There's exactly five. And make sure we get her in. And this is my favorite. Come on. Look at this one. They never get to see them. Woo! Ah, that's my favorite position, man. Yeah. Isn't that great? It's so yeah. powerful. Yep. But... They were given to me. So I've always said since a little kid, I don't even know if I mentioned it in the book, that I had, I thought that I had five angels watching out for me. Since I was a little kid, I would say, don't worry about me. The family, eh, they got a lot of issues, but I got five angels working out for me. And I think it is a little coincidental that I only got five of these from different people. Like they came from different people and that's it. And I've had them sitting there for years. So my life, as complicated as it was, which for the first time I revealed in my book, not even my close friends knew. They just thought I grew up in a happy, pippy, skippy, well-balanced home. So they were shocked when I put a little bit in the book that growing up in the humble beginnings, in poverty, in projects, most of the time, which we were happy for, um, mom spending her life in a mental institution and not great ones at that. Cause you know, they were poor. I, it's going to sound crazy. I think it was the perfect life for me. I feel as if I was brought into that world to reach beyond what was right in front of me, that there was something bigger out there. We were part of. And honestly, if that wasn't true, I was screwed. I was going to swear, but I know a lot of people are going to pass this on to their kids. So I'm going to try not to say the F word. I'm glad you said that, by the way. Okay. Oh, yeah, because we say the F word all the time. But people are going to be passing off to their kids. So I feel as if because there was so much trauma in the home, my nature, you know, when they say sink or swim, I had no choice to think something had to be out there. There had to be a bigger, I mean, anyhow, that's how what I thought as a kid. And so the things that comforted me was knowing I was a part of something bigger. There was a master plan. Making it up or really having five angels. And now I believe they're there. Thank you. And finding a lot of peace in movement. 
So what I did as a child has carried me through my life, my dance. So whenever I would get stressed and nervous, I start doing the happy dance, move and blast music. It, it kept me happy and drowning all the screaming and yelling at the spiritual huge. And the third part was words. So you know how much I love words, joy, Mm -hmm. peace, love. And so I focus in on a word. I didn't know it at the time, but I would just think of one word like fun, excitement, and I would paste them everywhere on stickums. And that was what I would just focus on. Just, I didn't meditate, but it was like a word, you know, and this is talking about as a kid. And then the other part is I, and I have books and books. I would scribble, scrabble. I, I would not write. I'm not a great writer, but I would journal and write my feelings and thoughts. Those are the things I did always. And if you look at how my life progressed, which I didn't know till I started looking back, I'm like, wait a minute, I've been doing this my whole life. Do you know what I mean? Like choosing mm-hmm. health and wellness, dancing, uh, bringing in my spirit world, you know, believing in something bigger than us, all that is nothing different than I did as a child and making a living out of speaking and teaching or even in my classes, they were never straightforward. I always had to entertain and tell jokes. That's how I got through life. Do you know what I mean? Like telling jokes, entertaining people. When I was young, I'm not sure if I'm proud of this or not, I would get up on this little hassock and start dancing if we were at a family get together. And I would say, which one of you chumps are giving me money for my dance class? Nice. So that the entre- so the entrepreneurial piece was there. There you what? go. Yeah. So my answer <laughs> also, like I would since little, I would want them to pay for my dance classes. Like, okay. And I would start dancing until someone gave me money. So it carried me far. Even I remember vaguely because you and I talk about this I block out a lot that I'm just starting to remember because it was so painful but when you and I start working together bits and pieces come out because I was ready to handle it mm-hmm. I remember taking my tap shoes into the mental institution and putting them on in the middle of the lobby to entertain people that were sitting around and I remember yeah. going around and stealing their drugs and going you don't need this <laughs> oh, they Probably did. Hilarious. I would take it and go, ta da! You just need to watch me tap it. They would always kick me out. Like, you see, shocking. Yeah. You can't be doing that. So, that in a nutshell, I am so obstinate that I think if I was growing up in a really happy, well balanced, I'd be hooking or doing, you know, dealing drugs. Nothing wrong with that, but that's what I would have been doing. It's a life. So well, I don't know if that like answers these, the question, but well, it sounds like these like belief structures, principles, or anchors that you created in that environment have been tested, tried, and true, you know, because it got you through that reality. Right. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. found some pillars to kind of hold on to to see you through, we'll call it a non-optimal environment. I like non-optimal. That, that's a nice place. One way to put it. Yeah. Um, but it's also forged, you know, steel is forged through fire, right? So, yeah. you know, that fire that you were in, you, you leverage the fire to forge a certain capacity 
ability and certain principles and anchors that have really like championed you and supported you to create who you are today and the impact and influence you're having in the world. It's really cool to see that a lot of times Mm -hmm. the things that really give us the ability to do the things that we're doing um, sometimes are through some of the most intense fire. So that was really cool to hear, Sandy. Well, you know, which we, we can get into. I'm not saying I'm selfish, but my strength, or it might be self-care, I want to be joyful. I want to have joy in my life. So all of that was self-preservation. Do you know what I mean? To, I wanted to find joy in any way I could. I wanted to feel happiness and not miserable. I didn't want to feel, which could bite me in the butt. Well, it did. Pain. So I did anything. What, what was that character, that movie? And you said I was joy. Um, inside that? Out. Yeah, Inside Out. <laughs> where, she, where she put a circle around sadness and she's like, you stay here. Yes. yes that's me. <laughs> oh, no way. Like, yeah. But it did carry me far, you know, and it to spread, like you asked me what I wanted to achieve with this 100th episode of the podcast. And I thought about it and it's really not anything. Woo. It's showing my gratitude, you know, being grateful for the people that have followed me and listened and guests I've had, because every single one of them, I go away, go, Oh my God, I learned so much from them. So they bring me a world I want to live in, mm. you know? So I, I don't self-promote that. So believe it or not, how many, I've been doing podcasts for like five years. I probably until just this month, never asked people, you know, people say smash that button, subscribe, yeah. like, I don't do that. And it's crazy because I love my show. I love the people. And you have to be good with asking people because they don't remember they're busy. Like I think, well, if they want to do it. They should. No, I really want you to do it. So I wanted to show my gratitude. That's the biggest thing. Secondly, anything I can do for people to realize how powerful they truly are. I want to do, you know, anyone, anyone, anything I can do to feel their worthiness, to inspire them and to have more pure joy in their life. So it's not something radical, but that's what I want to do. I love how that occurs to you is not radical. <laughs> it's pretty, <laughs> I think it's pretty much in my world what everybody wants. Well, you know? that, well, yeah, no, I understand. But just like having that impact in the world is uh, a big deal, you know, and I like, and, and, and sharing that opportunity um, for people to choose that, because essentially what I hear when you talk about, you know, whether you, it occurred to you as a choice or not as a, as a child, like you chose joyful. Yeah. Like you just yes. chose that. You're like, no, this is just the thing I'm going to do. Like, and I'm going to do whatever I need to do to make this shit happen. Excuse me, make this thing happen. Yeah. Right. And yeah. You know, I think the kids are okay with that. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I'm just trying, I'm trying to keep it family friendly here. Yeah. So cool. Well, so as you kind of navigated the space of, you know, growing up in, in the reality and you talked about movement 
and the what you got out of movement um is that kind of what had you move into you know the fitness world because i know that was such a huge part of your your life um was fitness and you know your what you had in philadelphia and your gym and all the things like like what were some of the things that had you move into that world I really wasn't a great dancer. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. oh, you tried that. Yeah, okay. Let's, let's Broadway just, thing didn't hit the mark. Okay, got it. So let's just, no, I went to school originally. I started out, you know, because of financial and uh, my grades were great. I studied really hard. Got scholarships to be a dance major. But, okay. and Montclair is 20 minutes outside New York City. So I got to see the best of the best. And there's just certain things I couldn't do. I mean, Bill, like my legs had no turnout, you know, like they just don't go. So back then you had to do a little bit of everything. It wasn't like, oh, I can just do hip hop. I can just do tap. You yes. were supposed to, I wanted to be on Broadway. You had to be able to do whatever. I wasn't as good as these girls. I would go, I wouldn't drink. I'd go to bed early. I didn't party. I would practice and practice. They come in with their cigarettes. <laughs> diet cooks and they just rip me i mean like, i would be like oh god so i realized that wasn't my path but in my journey around i discovered having to take a year off pumping gas waitressing doing whatever i discovered that the most important thing to me was moving and at westchester there was um, dance major in the health and fitness section. And then I got fascinated with the body, you know, and how it moves and how it works and what it does. And like, Ooh, we do this. And, and, and wait a minute, the brain and Oh, the brain, it just fascinated me. And I just wanted to learn more and more and more about that, which led me to working with clients and training clients back in the days, there were no trainers so I kind of cornered the market. So I got to work with people and I got to see results and I couldn't figure it out, but all my clients always got results, but I always threw in the headpiece, but I wasn't aware of it. I was just being right. me. To me, there was no, there wasn't this, here's the plan. Here's how the right. body works. Today, we're going to do this. I just naturally was getting inside their heads to motivate them and yeah. find the things that would work and did. From that, because they were so grateful, some of the high power people, you know, helped me open my health clubs. Isn't that crazy? Like, I didn't want to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to be a right. dance teacher. Like, once yeah. I knew I wasn't good enough for Broadway, I'm like, all right, well, I'll be a dance teacher, which I love. And I did. I taught kids for many years. And I did teach dance classes, even though I was an entrepreneur. I still taught classes and taught dance. But when people say, you know, how do you get started? Like, I didn't think I want to be an entrepreneur and own a health club. It's every opportunity that came along. If I wanted it, I went in full. I mean, I yeah. went in so hard if I wanted it. Like someone said, you should open a health club. I was like, okay, you want to be on TV? Okay. Do you know what I mean? They, none of these things were my idea, Matt. Like I right. can't, when you plan goals, none of them were my idea. Someone came to me and then I did it, which always confuses me, by the way. Well, I find that some of the people that have been most successful inside of their careers or entrepreneurial endeavors, like even if you go as far as like the, you know, um, 
the Steve Jobs of the world, like they never went into the space for the money and for the the thing. Like that wasn't the thing. There was this 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 ultimate drive and passion as you just connected to it. Like, hey, this is just what I want to do. I'm all in on it. And then the opportunities seem to unfold and you leverage the opportunities that come, which you clearly did. I mean, to the point where, as you, as you were saying these things, it's like the kind of people you've worked with over the years, you know what I mean? It's not like you worked with such a wide variety of people. Um, and then you got engaged in, in media and TV and became kind of a personality and, and engaging um, in the world in all these different ways, just by kind of being all in on this thing that was so close to your heart and you were just decided was yours to do. Um, I know you've chatted with me about, you know, some of the people you've been, you know, had the opportunity to engage with and work with over the time. Like, I'd love to hear some of the fun stories that you've, that you've, or, you know, people you've worked with or mm. people maybe that, that have been inspiring to connect with, or, you know, I just feel like there's so much you've had so much experience you've had and with so yeah. many unique people and, and environments. I'd love to hear kind of a little bit of more about some of those opportunities that you've had, whether it was people to work with or up the, uh, certain events or different scenarios. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's funny because when I was putting people in my book, they only wanted the well-known people, of course, you know, because people can recognize and there's nothing wrong with that. But a shout out to one of the, the women that just impressed me the most was Mary Fenkel. Mary, she was one of the rare people that when I was little Sandy Weston, do you know what I mean? Saw something in me and came from a very wealthy family and was in the higher society and would make it a point to always introduce me as not just her trainer, her friend, even mm -hmm. when other people didn't treat me like that. Do you, do you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. when I first started up and making sure she invited me to all the big parties where not everyone was like that. You know what I mean? I had to come in a certain door at a certain entrance for some of them, you know, not all of them, but right. and I had my place. So shout out to her because I wasn't able to put her in the book and, and I get it. But one of the biggest influences is Pat Croce. I don't know if you know who Pat Croce is. Oh, sure. Yeah. He owned the 76ers. Yeah. And, and well, and he started out with physical therapy clinics. That was his big thing. He started originally okay. in physical therapy and, and years later sold them. And he's just an amazing man. He was a mentor who at the time was working with the Philadelphia Flyers. You know, he was their trainer and conditioning coach. And he introduced me to a lot of the big wigs, like Ed Snyder, who owned, who owned the Flyers and brought me in to work with different clients like Harvey Lamb, who was the CEO of Subaru and many met Brian Roberts, CEO of Concat. Like there's big, big names and, and yeah. they took me under their wing and all these mentors. I mean, there's so many and I know I'm like leaving somebody out, but Russ Palmer, you know, Warren there, they 
wanted to teach me everything that was about business. So I would go in to their homes to train them, but the whole thing, they were mentoring me. Do you know what I mean? Like they were going mm-hmm. through and teaching me about, and they, and they were amazing people. Like whatever you hear in the press or not, they were amazing. Like they just couldn't do enough for me. And they wanted like, Everyone used to say you're Philadelphia's favorite daughter. Daughter, like everybody wanted to do something for me. I was like so blessed. Mm-hmm. Um, even oh, I hope she doesn't mind. Patty Labelle <laughs> she hated working out, hated it, but she would still have me come in, and she would try to bribe me and make me muffins. She was a great cook and baker, but as much as she hated it, she hated it. We figured out there's always something for someone. She liked swimming. So she got to have a pool and then she found out how she can enjoy it. But these people, their stories and their lives were amazing and what they were willing to do for me, you know? So when, when Ed Snyder was a small investor in my first health club, he didn't want, he didn't invest in people. He didn't want to invest in people, but he wanted to help me get a start. And it wasn't the amount of money. He wanted me to be able to say, oh, Ed Snyder's an investor so I could get endorsed because I wasn't getting properties. No one wanted to lease to a young girl like at that time Mm -hmm. for business, health clubs. So his name got me endorsed. Also, I was about to take a deal from people I loved who thought he was going to kill them for the kind of deal they were giving me. Like he was so angry. Like, how could they do that to me? So he was like, you are not taking that deal. Shame on those guys because they were my clients. That is a bad deal. You will do this. Crack up. (laughs) Not everyone would say to do this. Crack open your 401ks, every single investment. You put all your money in and I'll give you this small amount to have like 8%. And then one other client put in small amount too, Peter Weatherall. And so they were limited partners, but it got me on the map. Do you know what I mean? And why? Well, I remember Brian Roberts, and at the time, he they also owned QVC, and he got me on with my videos. He said to me, because... On QVC? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. I didn't yeah, know. That. And I was able to sell my videos and my tube. At the time, I was doing tubing, which everyone thought was weird. And- oh, my God. It's popular, right? Can you still buy these videos? I don't know. I don't think. You know what? I got to look them up. I oh. wonder. I think. <laughs> that would be funny. But, I mean, it was fun, by the way. When you go on QVC, it's weird. They're talking in your ear, and they're telling you how much you're selling. So you have to go, oh, oh wow. this is done. They're like, get that person off the call. They're not selling it. Like how you take callers. Uh-huh. And then you have to. And then if someone is talking and selling, so I can talk and I'm good on camera, but that was a whole new learning experience. And then I got to go back and sell Reeboks and stuff like that. But I asked him like one time, because he taught me so much too, when I was doing trainings, he said, we want to help you because you don't want from anything. You're not here trying to get something from us. Like your only goal is to train us. Do you, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't. Yeah, you're, you're actually showing up for them, not for yourself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, I yeah. was training them truly just to train them. 
Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I know, oh my God. And I got to work one year, which was fun with the flyers. It got to be because Chris, you brought me in as Snyder to work with the team. And that was a lot of fun being the only female trainer with a professional sports team. Those are a lot of stories they, they wrote. They would come out nude to train. I mean, they really put it to me. It was fun though. They were, they were good guys, but I was such a country hobo. Like I didn't bunk in that. I didn't really know. So I wasn't impressed with people because I didn't really know who they were anyhow. And their money mm-hmm. didn't impress me. Like, I'm sure I that was refreshing to them. at some Yes. Point. Yeah. And you, I remember you, talk, you treated them like a human, just a normal person. Yeah. Right? Like I didn't, and I didn't really wrapped up in it. Yeah. Right, yeah. And I think it's important. And, and it was one of the gifts I had And even at the time I wasn't training Dr. J. Joe's Harvey, but I was training his wife and I walked up, and you would think I know these seven foot, the whole team was out there. And I didn't even recognize them. And I was like, yo, guys, yo, dudes, can you help me bring in my kettlebells? So they were getting ready to go fishing, the team. Uh-huh. And they're like, sure. So they brought in my kettlebells for me, put them down. <laughs> and Turco's like, oh, so you got to meet my husband. I'm like, who's your husband? <laughs> That's awesome. And I didn't even know. And she's like, didn't you realize? <laughs> You know, that these guys and, you know, and he was, he was training with Croce at the time, but I one time got to stretch him, which holding up his leg was so fun. <laughs> and then the only other funny story, I remember him sitting there when I would come in with a big, I mean, the cereal bowl was so huge. And Turquoise had called me from their plane and wanted to switch her training time this is the story. And so I called a few of my clients and they didn't want to switch. So I said, I'm really sorry. I can't switch. We'll have to do it another day, blah, 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 blah. Well, he was on the plane here at that. So when I walked in, he's like, mm, mm, mm. what are you doing? Weston? I go, what? He goes, turquoise Irving. You're not switching her time. I go, well, I did ask around. And by the way, clients thought I would do that favoritism, but I didn't. Clearly not. Even a client that got on my nerves, I was just like, she said no. So I couldn't do it because those rose colored glasses you're looking through, not the way the world works, young lady. You're going to find that out. And I was just like, my heart was pounding. And then he looks up, he goes, but I love it. I love it. (laughs) And I was like, okay. He's like, you got hutzpah. I go. And that's going to go far because at first I thought, shoo wee, you know what I mean? Like, and there's just a lot of those stories. I don't know what I would be like now because now I know who the whole are. I hope I would be the same way, you know? Well, you also mentioned something that, that I think is an important piece because you, you navigated being a entrepreneur, you know, starting your own business, engaging with kind of the, we'll call it, the upper echelon of society as a woman. Yeah. Right. And so like, that is a, like, I mean, granted it's, 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 it would be, it's something different to navigate right now in our current reality. But, but when you go back, you know, like, what is it? 10 or 10, 15 years ago when you were, you know, 25. I was first business in 1985. (laughs) So that was a completely different world inside of, you know, a a woman like doing the things you were doing. Yeah. So I would love to hear. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just love to hear kind of what it was like. I mean, it sounds like you were able to manage it. Like you said, the guys just come out and they're naked and it's like, okay, let's train Sandy. Oh my God. Doing the things guys do. Right. Like, so I just can't imagine what that was like. And thank God I was, I mean, I don't know. I was like 20. I was able to handle it. I don't know why, but I, I knew never let them see me, you know, sweat. So if they wouldn't come up to train with me, we had, so we had seven guys like on the flyers and it was me and my seven trainers and just, and I was in charge of Eric Lindros who he, he was really a cool kid, but still in all, there were days he didn't want to come up. Well, I mean, you're talking about Eric Lindros when he was like arguably the best player in the entire yeah, game. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so knee injury. So they brought me in and my trainers to work with them once their rehab was done to make sure they would stay with their rehab, you know, once they're back on the ice, cause they don't really. Sure. And, you know, some of them would come, like I said, they would come up, even the, the guys that I wasn't training and think it was funny to come up in their towel and then put their towel and be bench pressing new. Like, yeah, they, they were do- weren't doing that other times. Sure. So I would just ignore it because uh-huh. I knew that it would go away. Right. And, but there were times when, Lindros didn't want to come up. And so I, I would have to go down into the locker room and they thought they were funny. And so they dropped their towels and I'd say, all right, well, you know, nothing I haven't seen before. Just come on up, you know, whenever you're ready, like enough for this nonsense or I'll just sit out there. Right. And then I would go outside and go, Oh my God. Oh my God. I just saw (laughs) Eric. Can you imagine if that like happened in today's world? Oh, I didn't even think of that. Like that would literally like there's just zero tolerance for that because you know clearly there was nothing okay about that. I mean I understand they were doing it in jest and all the things, but yeah, I swear like, to God, I didn't even think. I thought it was like they were being funny. You know what I mean? That's, that's like probably like, coming up, like. whatever. And let me just tell you back to like being a woman in a man's world. The reason that like I was telling you, Snyder wanted to be so you. Uh, part investor is so I could tell people so it would be easier financially to right. get a lease, to get loans, whatever, even yeah. though he was teeny bit. I, I really never felt they treated me differently. Like all these men, all my clients, I mean, I guess I was blessed. I didn't have one incident and a lot of other, my trainers did like nobody. And maybe it was because I would come in and I'd go, listen, here's the rules. I don't want to hear about your affairs. I don't want to hear who you're doing. I don't want to hear who you're not doing. I'm here to train you. You do. I kick you in the balls. I leave. That That's might what. have something to do with it, Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, jokingly, like if I thought like, no, I don't but, know. I'm training yeah. you, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to know. I'm here. I'm this. Consider me your niece. Move forward. And honestly, that was it. And as far as business meetings, when I would go to these round tables with all all men and me as a club owner, 95% of the time, it was great. Now and then, one of the guys would say something like, oh, well, maybe... Sandy, you know, she's an aerobic instructor. She can do the aerobic part and didn't treat me like the entrepreneur. 
like little Santa, mm. she does. And so, but I would play into it and I'd say, yes, let's do jumping jacks and da, da, da. But when we're done that, let's talk about your profit and loss. And so I knew, and then it would end, you know, but mm. most of them, they would all just take me again under their wing. I think I was one of the very fortunate females in a man's world in the health and fitness industry that felt nothing but respect. So if, okay, this is good, actually. So why don't, like, what would you say? And maybe, I, I don't know if I'm putting you on the spot here, here a little bit. I probably am. But like, if you were to name like the two or three things that you believe like made that possible to to be successful as a woman in that reality, in that world, I mean, I feel like that could be so beneficial to women listening to this now, because I mean, that reality isn't as, as intense of the reality that we're living in now. I would love to hear like, when you look back on that, like what was the thing that you feel like created that, those opportunities for you and, and had people yeah. kind of opt in with you the way you had, I don't know if you can like, Think well, of like, can we joke about something? Because here, I'll give you a straight answer. But my friends and I have real friends have been in really bad situations and were afraid to lose their jobs. And I just honestly, I feel blessed. Like I thought I was somebody loves me up there because none of this has ever happened to me. I never felt compromised in my best friend. She probably doesn't even remember. Gloria, you know Gloria. I do, yeah. She's my sexy thing. Beautiful, gorgeous. Said to me, well, you're just effing ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Gloria. What are friends for? No, like she was teasing me. I of course, yeah. But I, I do think I am, my personality comes off just because of who I am, I'm like the girl next door. I have that friendly, and I don't mean that as that I'm not pretty or, or that's just my my nature seems like the daughter you want to help, the girl next door. I just feel like I exude that. So there is that part of me. Like if I tried to flirt with someone, they would think I had a sty in my eye. That's just not me. I'm friendly, and that's how I met so many people. The other thing is, I didn't care so much what people said about me. Like I didn't care if. Uh, that's huge. They, though. I mean, if, that's a, that's if, a big, that's a big thing. Yeah. If they called me a bitch. Uh, there it like, is. That's oh, what I was waiting girl. for. Yes. I didn't care. Like, yeah. okie dokie. Yeah. I wasn't, but if that's what you're going to come at me with, I didn't care. Mm. Matter of fact, there was my hugest campaign the biggest article for me that made the most money in my business from the, uh, my marketing company. And they said, are you okay with this? And I said, yes. They said, working out is a bitch. And Sandy Weston is her name. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then when I brought kettlebells in years and years ago, um, whatever, I remember somebody writing about me that this like that I must have iron in my head because when somebody said, why did you bring, um, I don't want to say her name, but she doesn't care. This beautiful blonde yoga instructor in like, 
did you bring her in because she has great qualifications or because of the way she looks? And I, cause I wanted more men in my yoga class back then. No one was uh-huh. coming in. And uh-huh. I said both, but mostly look at her. Yeah. <laughs> and so she was beautiful. And, dry, yeah. and so we joke about it. I almost said her, I call her each. She was like, I'm the Sandy's blonde bobshell. Like trying to get men to really see what yoga was all about. Well, they thought I set women back a hundred years by saying that. I didn't mean it that way. I was trying to market yoga. The men would not come in. And my friend said to me, you're putting men in there to teach men yoga. They want to look at my butt. And she was, she, so she came to me and said, get my butt in there. That class is full. And then you'll introduce them to yoga. Hmm. But I took a lot of hits because I'm, I was honest with what, why I did it. You, you, mm. you know what I mean? And yeah. I also, at Snyder again, said to me, when people would say things about me, because there were a lot of rumors about where the money was coming from, where I was doing, my family and all this stuff. And to the point I would come home and be in tears and cry. Like, mm. but that's not true. Like, I don't have favoritism. I don't put this person over that person. And I don't, I charge everybody the same membership price. He's like, Sandy, you go in. And when they say all that stuff about you, you just look at them and say, you say, it's all true. And then some, and then it'll stop. And I did that. I would say stuff wow. like that and, le- and not yeah. let it hit me. And so yeah. it would die, yeah. you know? So yeah. those were big things. And I really thought I was a pretty terrific business person. Like I had a lot of confidence in myself mm. and who I was. And what they told me, the biggest thing, and Russ Palmer told me this, I'll never forget this. Because the thing that makes you unique is you listen to everyone's advice. You'll go around and take advice from the people that you aspire to be in business, mm. but then you absorb it and make it your own. Make it your own, yeah. And I think that carried me far, you know? Yeah. It, it sounds to me, and again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but one of the things you were able to do, and it even sounds like this yoga person that you were referring to, the thing that I'm that you were able to do and her as well is to not take things personally. Oh, I didn't. Like, yeah, I mean, like, I, like that is a, that will take you far in life. Like if, if like these people, the guys would show up and they do the thing and they do the that, and then you're just like, okay, whatever. Like you didn't take it personally. You didn't perceive that they were attacking you or disrespecting you or that story wasn't playing in your head. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like as you just explained that to me, I'm like, God, what was the thing that allowed you to navigate that? You didn't take it personally. Yeah, I didn't. And, but you were also clear with boundaries. You're like, listen, here's what I'm here to do. And that's it. You know, and you do have a way of, you know, doing like laying down the law with a smile. Oh yeah. No one got offended. They would. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) What What is wrong with you? And to this day, by the way, I tell you people when they have tough news, they want to deliver to a friend. Like you need to tell, they call me. They're like, no, they won't be mad at you, but I don't know why. Oh, I do know why. Because I, not always, but when, when I can prepare, I ask myself, am I coming from love or fear? And if it's coming from love, I think the message comes out differently. Mm. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. not always do I do that, but when I do. Well, again, but that goes to, goes right into what we just talked about, about like when you're navigating the world you were in, the, the, the male dominated world and the boys in the locker room. I mean, you know, I mean, good God, that could you have more testosterone flying around in one place? Like you didn't look at it as a threat. You didn't go in there with like, oh my God, I hope X, Y, and Z doesn't happen. Yeah. Right. Like you were just like, yeah, this is just you kind of accepted for what it was and didn't yeah. take any of it personally. I mean, I just feel like that's something. I mean, there are, like I said, there were times, but I would go home and cry at times, but then I would go, what the heck? You know what I mean? I'm not going to let sure. them do it to me. But I also, I knew if they were doing it, there was something in them. Like they weren't happy. I mean, or something that they were insecure about. It wasn't me. Like you don't treat people like that. If you have a lot going on. Again, you don't take it personally. You realize that what's happening for them really has nothing to do with you. And not to say, like you said, that you don't have your moments where you're like, wait, wait, maybe there is something I'm doing wrong. Yeah. Like, of course, like those yeah. are all like normal, natural things. Um, yeah. So um, you talked about, you know, people that you looked up to that inspired you and kind of taking pieces I can completely relate to that like like taking from different mentors or um, teachers and then kind of taking it and making it your own I mean I'm sure the list is long as I know you're going through them but is there somebody that you can name or something that has happened over your you know uh, career life where you would look at it as an inflection point and it's like gosh when that happened or when I had this conversation with this person or when I became a, a what you just saw it as a moment where something changed. It's like, wow, it's like an inflection point in your life that had you just be like, wow, this is just the thing to do for me. Maybe it was an event. Maybe it was mm. something that occurred in your life where you would look back and say, gosh, that was an inflection point where from that point forward, things were no longer the same. <laughs> There were so, but you know, what's funny is there are so many times where I felt people impact in my life because every day I think my husband always laughs at me because I'm like, it's a miracle. He's like, that's not a miracle. It's a miracle. Like, so every day I do that. But I do remember this. Croce listens to this. He's going to kill me. But we were at a playoff game. Uh, Flyers. And I have to tell it. I was upstairs, you know, where, you know, they have the suites and all the who's who are watching the game with the owner boxes, you know. And I was out talking to Brian Roberts and we're talking about the game. And so you come out of the suite, right? And you, you, you're up high, you know, because you're not down low. You're not up really high. But down, you know, below is the ice, whatever. Croce came up while I was talking to Brian. Lifted me up. And took me by one leg and dangled me over the railing. Get the hell out of here. (laughs) Are you kidding? One leg, one ankle. Holy Cow. Right. You and it was dangling me 
over the railing. I went, yeah, I mean, like, there's kids. Get me the F up, are you? And I'm dangling. Holy. Now, part of the good old boys, like, that's, like, if you were, like, they really did consider me one of the boys. Kind of, like-ish thing, kind of, yeah. Yeah, and... You know, back then there were some egos, you know, uh, back and then. he's totally, it's so funny. He's totally different because he, um, he now is a, a Buddhist and he's amazing. I love him and I loved him then too, but there were times I wanted to kill him and he dangled me. I'm screaming. Brian is just standing there, not knowing what to do because it's crochy. And then he brings me up and I go, what is, I'm screaming. I would bet. Yeah. Right. I'm like, you could have killed me. So I go running. Oh, now Brian's just standing, not wanting to do. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Right. Like you're, you should have just stood there, but he was like caught off guard or like, you know, wasn't sure. And he's like, I had you. And I went, they called run. I went running to dad. I went running over to Snyder. I go, did you just see what happened? Did you just see what happened? And I'm like, he just, all right. And so he, he's like, what? I'm like, yeah. So he came over and, you know, and said to him, you could have killed her. Like, what are you thinking? You know what I mean? One loose, whatever. And I know that sounds like a horrible story, but at that point I thought they really love me. Meaning, I was in, like, they accepted me. Uh, something he would have done to a guy. Like, do you see what I mean? And Wow, what an incredible ability to observe that and have that perspective. Yeah, he, he loved me. And but to that's me, that's what, ga- that's what gave you the ability to live in that world. Like, like you didn't, like, look at it. Like, most people would look at that and be like, they're, they're disrespecting me. They don't take me, like you were able to take a step back and be like, oh my God, I'm accepted. They hung me by my foot over the railing. I, I've arrived. I've made it. Like, that's incredible. I mean, it's really yeah. something. I feel like that really encompasses the secret that you tapped into in that world, which was they're not, I'm like, I'm not taking this personally. It's not an attack. Like, I, that's fascinating to me. Thank you for sharing that. Well, I hope <laughs> He and I are so close. You know, he's just been like a big brother to me. And he even has gotten together and said there's things he did that he wished and he did. He was a different, but I, that story, I don't think it was, I, he was having fun and that's what he would do with his boys. And he was not treating me any different. That's that. I just, I'm very, I'm very impressed that you're able to, to see it from that the, from that standpoint, I think that's probably the thing that most people are not able to do yeah. um, and why that world is so threatening to people. I forgot all about that story, but that was like, oh, you yeah. know? Wow. It's Very cool. cool. Um, I know we're kind of coming to the end here, but I have a couple like fun little questions for you to okay. answer, like quick ones, quick little hitters, if that's cool okay. with you. You, you, cool. you up for that? Cool. Okay. Um, I like singing. It's kind of fun to sing. I'm somebody who just walks around the house singing. Like, 
Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a little fun fact for everybody there. But like, if you had to sing one karaoke song, like at a karaoke night, what would, what would be the song? Oh my God. It's a song I made up. Oh really? I think, I don't know. I always, I always call people and sing happy talk, happy talk. I don't know. It's from South Pacific. (laughs) you like to do a cha-cha-cha you got to have a dream if you don't it's so dumb have a dream how you going to make your dreams come true oh my god i sing that all the time my friends are like what is wrong with you i'll call people up and if like if you were mean to me instead of getting angry i call you up and sing that to you sing that song that is classic. I don't so know you would karaoke, sing karaoke, but I do sing that. No, that's that's good. I, I that's definitely a, a fine answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, one more question for you. If you could interview one guest, living or not with us anymore, um, who would it be, uh, and what two questions would you ask them? First of all, I was going to say living, and I really want to interview Barack Obama, but okay. Barack Obama, okay. That's one. So maybe one living and one person. Yeah, one living or one who's not here anymore. So we can take Barack as one of them, but. Well, I think I would want to interview Ed Snyder, one of my mentors, because I never got to. Is he no longer with us? Yeah, he's no longer. He died a few years ago. Okay, got it. And I would want to spend, even though he talked about it when we trained, I would want to know some of his high and low moments because I never got a chance to do that. Mm. And then I think I would spend more time, even though I know I thanked him and all that, but showing more gratitude. Like, I don't think he realizes how much he really impacted my life. He does now. He does now. Yeah. Yeah. Are we done? I think we're pretty close. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. You have anything else you want to ask me? Um, the only other thing that I love this question, I've heard it in other, other interviews and I just always thought it was a fun, fun question. Um, if you could put a message on a billboard that everybody would see, what message would you give them? Like what would be the advice or what would be the message you'd want the world to know if you had access to a billboard and every single person would see it? Man, that's a really good one. It's something I have to think about, but the first thing that comes to Uh mind is you are pure joy. Just take the time to see it. Ah, awesome. But that's without any thought. No, I, I, hey, man, that was like right from the essence of Sandy, man. Like Sandy Joy Weston. Yeah. Like, there you go. (laughs) Well, Matt. That was fun. That was fun. I know everybody feels as if they got to know me a little more. I hope so. A little peek into there. Yeah. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And for my Let's Keep It Real people, 
Thank you so much for being there. 100 episodes, baby. I can't wait to see what the next 100 episodes will bring. I'm excited. I really am. I'm so excited. I don't know what it is. I'm putting it out there. You got any ideas, send them. And don't forget, subscribe to the podcast and send questions to me or Matt. And I think you're supposed to like us. (laughs) (laughs) I say all the right things. Yeah. Yeah. And until next time, toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.